What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Aaron Shrinko, here with my boy, Christian Bond. What's up? What's up? Is your middle name spelled with an E or with an A? It is with an A. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like E would be kind of feminine, don't you think? Yes, 100%. But that would have been very funny. <laughs> Apologies to any boys out there, wet boys out there, that's Aaron spelled with an E. We still love you. You're still a wet boy. So, um, I didn't, I, I forgot to tell you this, but it made me think of it because we were talking about your name. I saw your mom at Marshall's yesterday, and I... So she was walking through the store and I just kept going, Linda. And she would like look and I would hide. And she kept turning around and looking. And Ashley's like, stop it, stop it. And I go, Linda. And just like would duck down behind this thing. And, and then so like two minutes goes by and I like walk up. I was like, hey, Linda. She goes, was that you that was screaming my name? And I was like, yeah. And she like pretended like she knew who, she, who I was. No clue. No clue. She like looked at Owen. I had my baby with me, and she looked at me and goes, "Hi, you!" I'm like, <laughs> crazy. Oh, dude, classic Linda Shrinko moment right there. I bet you they have ethanol-free gas. Yeah, that's why we're here. Nice. Um, yeah, we're actually on the road. Uh, I'm really excited. We've been talking up this winter program for quite a long time, but we're headed to. Uh, the Tippecanoe, Tippecanoe yeah, River. This is our, you know, one of the few rivers you can reliably jet boat uh, throughout the year. <laughs> Although that is actually in jeopardy. The one river that we were like, yeah, we could always run the jet on this. They decided to, it's a diesel only pump there, bud. Um, but yeah, uh, they. We, we talked about it in the last podcast. We wanted to dive into our shitty Indiana River problems. Uh, because all you guys who live in Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin, you don't have to deal with that bullshit, but we do. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going here because this is honestly the uh, sort of one of those times in the year. I was describing it to someone who doesn't fish. Go ahead and get the gas. I'll, I'll record. Um but it's kind of one of those times of the year I described it as my second favorite part of the year to fish which uh you know at one point in my life I would have thought would be um a pretty bold statement I don't think I would have ever said that but it really is you know and now for me you know depending on the season and what's been going on uh, with the weather you know for here it's usually beginning maybe i would say more like now you know like yeah early november all the way up through christmas is really pretty prime and then i think after christmas it starts to get to the point where the fish are just so lethargic that it's a grind too much of a grind to fish for them uh but we've had some of our best days have been towards the end of december so um, depending on the weather, depending on what it's been doing, um, you know, in December, we always look for like little bumps in temp 
uh, right now we're actually looking for a drop in temp, uh, which is somewhat counterintuitive for fishing uh, in general. You know, like a a cold front is like one of the worst things you know you can kind of run into during the spring and summer. But in the winter time, I I think it actually triggers a um, or can trigger a little bit of a feeding window. Um, and today is, you know, November 11th or 12th, whatever day it is. Um, one of the first cold days, I'm looking at the, yes, November 12th, one of the first really cold snaps this year, it's been, it was 75 on Thursday. Oh, and I was out, fish were moving around pretty active. Um, so this cold front I've been looking forward to for quite a while, um, and today it is, you know, upper 20s um, this morning, which, you know, is obviously not as comfortable from a, you know, weather standpoint. But uh, the fish, I don't care <laughs> what it feels like if we're catching 20s. So, and that's historically been the case. Now, today we have a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, so, we like to see a consistently high flow on this river. Um, it is a tailwater um, and it is not high right now. So last year around this time, we were working with like, you know, 2,000 to 3,000 CFS flows. And it is about 500 right now, not even 500. Um, so that is going to be a little bit of an issue. Um, I think it's been super dry out. Um, we did get some rain this uh, yesterday, but it all ended up going east of us. Uh, so you Ohio boys out there got a little bit of the God's gift of rain that we have so desperately needed here in Indiana. Um, so everything's low and clear. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how that's going to work in the wintertime. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be great as far as like condition wise. But, you know, at some point, when it's been low and clear for this long, like the fish have to go into some sort of feeding mode because they're about ready to go into the depths of the cold, you know, winter. And the whole idea behind, you know, feeding this time of year is like, you know, they're preparing for that kind of really, really stiff, long, cold winter because they're cold blooded and uh, their metabolism drops down so low. So I would think that, you know, with water temps in the, you know, mid to low 50s and it dropping down in the 20s uh, today, along with the cold front, I would imagine that's got to trigger some sort of primal feeding um, window. So we're, we're about ready to find out. We're going to go to, uh, you know, wintertime. We've, we've talked about it on the podcast, but the fish are super concentrated this time of year um, and we have spots that we go to um there's two or three particular spots so we're gonna kind of hop to with the jet um and then um we're 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 gonna go do some exploring today too depending on how things shake out with our kind of historical areas so that's the plan chris is gassing up the boat right now so we're gonna um pause it real quick and and resume as soon as he gets back in the truck before I leave the house. So Chris is back in the car and 
per usual, we got some equipment issues. Uh, a little dead battery, a little crank battery. So we're we're gonna go get her solved. We're running to the auto parts store. Boat fun. It's just boat fun, man. <laughs> we don't we don't run into that with the rafts and kayaks most of the time. That's that's one bad thing about owning a power boat is you do run into maintenance issues and that sort of thing but um yeah it is it's part of the game uh so did you mention today's opening day of shotgun se- or firearm season i did it that's the best time to wade small creeks in the middle of farmland i told my dad that we were i told my dad i was fishing today and a single tear went down his cheek <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's definitely them boys we're gonna hear some this this river doesn't run through a bunch of areas that i think people would be hunting necessarily um it's close and we'll probably hear them but it's not going to be like right up on the bank i wouldn't think but we're gonna hear them oh we'll definitely hear them hang on we gotta turn left um but yeah when you were putting gas in the boat i was explaining to the crew um hang on it doesn't say that's not Yeah, we stay on this for 5.3 miles. Um, I was explaining to the crew about kind of our mentality behind coming here in the wintertime and how, you know, we waited until there was a little bit of a, or the first really cold front of the year, which is, it's coming pretty late. Um, But, you know, a little bit counterintuitive at the beginning of winter, you want to wait on the kind of cold snap. Middle winter, you want a warm trend so a little bit of a weird dynamic there but do you would you agree with that assessment i don't know i definitely think in the winter time a warm snap helps i'm not sure about the theory of the first cold snap but we'll see you know we're gonna we're gonna test her out yeah i mean i yeah i don't i don't know man my thing is it's been so unseasonably warm with really no like it hasn't dipped into the 30s like at all this year so i i feel like yeah boys need to be out there shooting them Um, yeah i know i saw his truck those those guys that hunt where there's like 20 deer in the cornfield they're not just brown and down no they're waiting on the the boy that's been seen on that trail cam so um but yeah, I, this year has has been really warm, you know, so far. And I mean, I don't. This is just my opinion. I just don't think the fish really go into that like feeding mode until they feel that winter is really coming. You know, the the Game of Thrones winter's coming. You know, I think those fish are are, are of that mentality, and they feel that pressure drop. They this the water temp is in the mid 50s still. It's probably gonna be like in the 40s by the time we get off the water today, and I think their primal instincts are acute enough to know like something is happening. I do agree that like I think that around 48 degrees to 50 degrees, they start like a switch gets flipped, and I think we're teetering on the edge of that now. So. You know, if we can ever, ever actually fish today, uh, because of the detours, 
and the gas and the battery situation. If we can actually get on the water at some point, I think we've got, I have, you know, I, I think we've got a good chance. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think our 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 biggest obstacle here is the is the low water, and I explained that to our audience while you were getting gas. But you know, what are you starting off with today? Well, you know, I think both of us sort of have a bread and butter when it comes to winter fishing, and it's you know uh, on bottom crawl imitation. I have you know nothing nothing crazy but just a, a little z-man you know small crawl uh i have been soaking them in uh crawl oil though so been 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 uh been bathing those bad boys in some fish juice i've been uh, i've been actually washing all my clothes in crawfish oil <laughs> just so that the scent is you know 100 <laughs> percent just like the deer hunters that put their wash their clothes and that neutral yeah. stuff we we just we spray crawl oil in our laundry i got a completely <laughs> homogenous scent going <laughs> crawfish the smallest can smell you bud yeah. <laughs> um yeah so uh i'll probably start over with that but my lineup today uh i have a uh you know the crawl i have a little finesse jig which i went Shout out to the outdoorsman last night. This boys took care of me. I had a lot of finesse jigs in stock. I bought about 10 finesse jigs because I've been running low. Um, some bitsy bugs with some, you know, crawl trailers on them. And uh, then I have um, a blade bait, which I'm actually excited to use. I have not caught a fish on a blade bait since I've been smallmouth fishing. So I'm actually really excited to use that today. Um... I have a suspending jerk bait, which is always a staple in the winter time, uh, which I feel like that might be the ticket. But I have a wild card I haven't told you about yet. Okay. I am going to spend at least 30 minutes today throwing a huge fucking mega bass mag slow swim bait. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I I'm not sure if I'm drunk enough to uh, to watch you throw a giant swim bait for 30 minutes. Well, I don't know if I'll throw it 30 minutes consecutively, but uh, I am going to give it some time in the water. So the mag slow might touch a muskie today. Yeah, you could. The mag slow is a. Uh, it's actually meant. You know the name. I think lends itself it's meant to slow roll so the whole idea behind that bait is you're supposed to reel super slow retrieve and the paddle tails like you know it works when you're doing it very slow and it and i know what mag means i know that dude bite familiar with magnum i'm familiar with seeing them on the shelf yeah that's what i meant that's what i meant as well uh uh yeah so We'll uh, see. It's a seven-inch bait, I think. Um, so it's a big boy. Uh, I'm a, yeah, yeah, that's huge. That's that's like abnormally large. I, I think it's, it's very big. But uh, I've I've seen. So you know the guy out in the Ozarks. He's got a pretty popular YouTube channel. I, I can't remember what a, his name is. Um, Chum Boys, Chum Boys Outdoors. He like. Freaking smoke smallmouth on that thing, um, and I was messaging back and forth, and he's like, "Dude, you need to start fishing with that." And you know, like I said, it might be wrong. 
may not catch anything on it. Most likely will not catch anything on it today. But, dude, a freaking big, uh, big old bait fish moving through the water. We don't do a lot of that type of fishing. This is the time of year I feel like it could really work if you're doing it slow. I mean, I've caught plenty of fish on spinnerbaits in the wintertime. You know, it's definitely not my go-to, but slow rolling a spinnerbait in the wintertime, you can 100% catch fish. So it's kind of that same idea, you know, low and slow, big profile. Um, you know, it's a big meal for those big fish. So it's got a single big treble on it with a feather. It's pretty sweet looking bait. Yeah, either one of these places would probably be okay. So I'm starting off with a weird, I got a weird situation going for my, I'm starting off with a, it's a three inch uh, gulp minnow. So it's pre-scented on a, on a uh, eighth ounce white Ned head. You throwing that on an eight weight? On a seven weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, so that's what I'm starting with. And then I probably will quickly, uh, switch over to a, a crawfish imitator on bottom but right, i'm gonna go in and grab a starting battery we'll, we'll we'll rejoin you when we get on the water yeah all right we back got a battery in the boat and uh we're ready to go i mean this is the time we were planning on leaving the house to begin with so yeah and well and we were gonna have to come home early. We don't have to do that today. So, yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, yeah. So, uh, looking forward to today. It's been, you know, pathetic how much that um, I fished over the last two months. Um, I'm just honestly very shameful. But I was I was catching sh some shit at home about fishing. Not today, but just here recently. And to bolster my argument, I went through the last two months and calculated exactly how many hours I fished over the last two months. And let me tell you, I had a strong argument. <laughs> how many hours are we looking at? I laid out the facts, dude. <laughs> so in total, I only fished uh, uh, two and a half days in September and three days in October. That's pretty shameful. I would say that's probably more than me, though. And that's not even counting, like, I'd say two and a half days. Like, I counted, like, the day you and I went on the White River as a full day. It wasn't, you right. know. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think both of us have... I, I, I'm, I'm hitting the time... We're definitely hitting the time of our lives. What I've noticed this is, like, one, there's a couple of things that I've kind of become hip to one a lot of my friends just don't have time to fish like I call people and they're just like I got a little league game or I got a vacation thing or I got this and that you know we're just hitting the time when people's kids you know same with me you know and you it's like they're getting to an age where they're starting to do extracurricular stuff oh, yeah. I'm also looking back on my childhood and realizing uh so this this roundabout right here this is the one that Deneau freaked out. <laughs> so busy, dude. <laughs> uh, he, we were coming up on this roundabout, dude. 
He had a full-on PTSD attack, dude. I'm not laughing at that, dude. This is day after Veterans Day. How dare you? I know. I got super busy yesterday. I didn't do my Veterans Day post, but it's coming, bud. <laughs> it's coming. You and Derek both are getting full, full thank you for your service treatment. Oh, I can't wait. I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting to, like... You know, all the Veterans Day posts have kind of become forgotten about, so I can get singular attention on your guys' posts I'm putting up. Even better. (laughs) Let's just say my Photoshop skills are going to be tested with this post. Um, But anyways, um, yeah, I don't remember what we were talking about. (laughs) What was I just talking about? Talking about uh, Denial. Oh, uh, before that. No, I became hip to my... I was thinking back on my childhood, and... Dude. I... Up until this point in my life, I did not realize the scam my dad was running my entire life. He was taking me fishing for, like, 13-hour days when I was really young. It was a total way for him to, uh... Go fishing. Go fishing. But spend time with his boys. Right. Of course. That's a good... (laughs) complete scam <laughs> it's a it's a complete scam and now that i have a boat a reliable boat i can take my girls out in i'm gonna take full advantage i'm gonna completely copy my dad's scam and i'm gonna be taking my girls out like every like two or three nights a week hey i'm just trying to spend time with my kids oh i'm sorry oh i'm sorry i want to i want to be a good dad <laughs> i'm just trying to instill my passions with them right i mean you, you really they can't argue that kids get back your wife's like so how was fishing they're like dad actually just didn't let me talk the whole time <laughs> shut up i'm trying to fish hey shh. the fish the can fish. hear you scare the fish uh, for real though i mean my dad was you know taking me out on me and danny both dude and it you know when you're eight seven eight nine years old dude a 13 14 hour day is Brutal. <laughs> I mean, you're on a boat, like, literally, dude, our highlight was, like, we would stop for breakfast, like, there's a restaurant on West Boggs. The Amish restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. Amish buffet. Dude, like, Danny and I were, like, both, like, oh, my God, I can't wait till we, we'd start it up the ramp and fish. That's a two-hour drive just to the lake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, we were, like, getting up at three o'clock in the morning, the whole deal, you know, we get there and we're like fishing from the ramp, like with the trolling motor. We didn't ever fire up the big motor at first, and we'd fish the whole shoreline up until we got to the dock where the restaurant was. <laughs> and dude, it was like, you know, when I was really young, I re- distinctly remember that being like, man, I just can't wait till we go eat some breakfast. That's true fat boy mentality. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it was the Shrinko Boys. Yeah, the, the we're husky, husky dude. Husky we're jeans. there were, you know, the Shrinko Boys were not small. We were. We were corn-fed from Mooresville. Um, but, yeah, I mean. I can't wait to eat. I'm so hungry. Buffet, dude. <laughs> we go we go berserk on that buffet, dude. Like, trying to skip spots. Like, uh. but, did, did he just tie up and you guys would walk in and yeah, feast? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was actually a really cool setup. I, yeah, that's cool. We, we would go there a lot. And that I will give him credit on this. Like, that lake was a numbers lake so it was definitely a kid kind of oriented place where there was kind of constant action um and i dude i remember it was it was pretty 
cool for me as a kid, like, looking back, I can, like, I can remember, like, the day that, the first day that I actually caught more fish than my dad, like, it took me, like, I think I was probably, like, 13, 14 years old before I, like, could, like, hang with him, but, dude, it pushed me as an angler to, like, get better because, you know, my dad would be up there catching, like, 50, 60 fish, and I'm catching, like, 10, you know, and I remember that, like, I remember a day where I caught 13, for some reason that number sticks in my head, like, I was really proud of that, I was like, I caught 13 fish in a day, and I was probably, you know, nine, something like that, and I remember that, though, being like, man, I caught 13 fish by myself, I remember the first time catching fish on bottom there, so he taught me how to fish on bottom, and that was like a big deal for me as a kid, because that's like a completely, you know, it's a feel thing, you know, and it's hard. It's a culprits, culprit rubber worms. It June absolutely bug? was a Texas rigged ribbon tail worm for June, sure. June bug color or what? Were I right? think it was red shad. I think uh, it was the color, you know? Um, but I remember I got hooked. Dude, when I started catching fish like that, I was like, dude, this is so cool. I'm catching them. I can't even see. I'm catching fish. I can't see. Were you watching your line? Is that how you do it? Yeah. So you'd feel the bump and then you'd watch it go sideways. That was like the... The monofilament. Yeah. That doesn't help you out much on the river watching your line. No. Uh, but monofilament, I remember like the mono just being spooled up on top. Yeah. I mean... Oh, there's a deer. And a, there's a little buck. A little two-pointer. Three or four-pointer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was a cool... Uh, thing so um, how much time do we have left till we get there about five minutes uh, I don't want to do my bit thing I'll wait until later well um, so we're uh, we're about five minutes from the river we're gonna uh, we're gonna make our predictions real quick uh, so my wife's trying to call me who did okay yeah I'm gonna ignore her call um so, predictions real quick. We're going to go total fish. Fish over 18, fish over 20 or better. Uh, what's your prediction? I'm going to say 10 fish each. So, 20 uh, total. 20 total. And I'm going to say we're going to only catch one over 18. Okay. Um, I tend to agree with your uh, your numbers but i could also see them like all the fish chomping i'm gonna go more like 35 total and then i'm gonna say 35 is the temperature yeah uh i'm gonna say 35 total i'm gonna say um five over 18 and two of those five are gonna be over 20 Ooh, i like that day yeah. Uh, that day, I like the prospects of that day better than mine, for sure. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, it could be swing either way, but that's our predictions. We'll we'll get uh, to you guys uh, when we get off the water, probably. We always say we're going to do it on the water, but it's really cold today, and I don't know how that's going to work. We'll at least give you a wrap-up on the way home. So sure. we'll see you guys later. All right, we're back. Time warp. Time warp. <laughs> <laughs> Just time warp. Yeah. Um, 
we're in the truck on the way back home with the, you know, I would say, hmm, how would I describe today in one word? Um, it was, it was satisfying. That's my word for today. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, I, en- I enjoyed it. We caught fish. Um, it was very cold. Yeah, it was super cold. It was super cold and uh yeah, I mean we caught fish, we saw a bunch of a bunch of deer activity this morning. Like there were there were two pretty nice bucks chasing does through the woods right next to the river. Caught I caught a one that was almost nineteen. Josh lost one that was probably twenty six, twenty seven <laughs> inches. Oh yeah, we'll tell that story in a second. Um yeah, I, I would, I would say. The, uh, it, it was good, it it was good. Um, Chris's prediction was way more in line with what we experienced. I think we probably caught maybe fifteen total together, um, and we had one boat at over eighteen. Chris's was uh, about a quarter inch shy of nineteen. Um, nice fish. It came out of about two and a half foot of water. <laughs> Pretty wild. Uh, so the fish today, uh, here's the story of the day is sort of a, I predict that a little bit of it might be an issue is the flow, dude. The flow is that river is low as shit. It is. I mean, it was hard launching the boat on an actual boat ramp. I, mean, I had to take the boat. I had to take my truck all the way into my side steps <laughs> yeah. to get the boat in the water. It was pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, it, it was really low. I, I mean, we were doing some comparisons. You know, we're like, I don't know what the official CFS is today. Somewhere around between four and 500. And uh, the last time we were here in the wintertime, this time of year, is like 2,500. So, you know quite the difference um and really so we had planned on fishing this kind of section and then trailering up and going to a different ramp and we actually did follow through with that and the the ramp was closed it's a private access ramp so we got our day got cut short a little bit i think i would have we would have definitely went we were at the ramp but i i wasn't too heartbroken about it just because the day wasn't like on fire and we were both super cold uh yeah i mean it was chris's uh idea of taking a little propane heater on the boat clutch uh we each defrosted our hands at least like probably 10 times uh and chris hogged it the whole time over there in the front deck (laughs) i'm over here like Hey, can I borrow that heater? I can't feel my fingers. Here it is. Here it is. Ridiculous. Uh, but, no, it, it, I would highly recommend that if you guys are going fishing in the wintertime because it was very cold today. No sunshine at all and uh, kind of windy. And it was, you know, probably 29 degrees and snowing when we launched. Um, but, yeah, you know, for what for what we encountered, I, I feel like it was... We fished one spot. 
Yeah, we literally for what? How many hours? It was about three and a half hours, four hours. More than that, because we got on the water at like eight thirty. Yeah, we fished until twelve thirty. Yeah, like four hours. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the spot we fished was only maybe a hundred yards long. So, yeah, we we beat it up. Um, surprisingly, uh, we were we were catching some fish, quite a few, quite a few on the on bottom. And then uh, I decided to throw on a spinner bait. This is kind of where the story goes. And and I was, you know, this time of year, if you're going to fish a spinner bait, you're not going to fish in in kind of the traditional sense. You're going to slow roll it. Uh, if you're not sure what that is, I'm sure there are some YouTube videos that would explain it. But essentially, uh, I'm re- reeling it about as slow as you possibly can work to where you maintain bottom contact the entire time. You usually need a little bit heavier spinnerbait because you don't want the blades to kind of lift it up off the bottom. And uh, it was, you know, maybe my third cast with it. And I had one just obliterate it, stopped in its tracks, set the hook. And I, I honestly didn't even get a... Shit, did you see that? I did, yeah. Snow popped off that car. Um, I didn't even get any feel of it. Broke my line right at the leader, uh, which it was an old leader from the last time I went fishing, so who knows what shape it was in. Negligence on my part for not checking it. Um, but... You know, I was like, oh man, that, you know, that was a, that was a bite, you know, kind of one of those things. And then about three seconds later, Chris goes, oh my God, like right up in the front of the boat, dude, that fish comes up to the top and just starts shaking its head. And you can hear my spinnerbait blades like clanging. And I was like, what, what? And I went up there and I didn't get a great look at it until it came up at least like six times. Um... The, at first, Chris said that he thought it was could have been my personal best. Dude was really giving me a hard time about it. He's like, I haven't seen a small one that big in a long time. That's not a lie. That's not a lie, but I don't know if that's a credit to the fish or just a, a ding against me. But, yeah, I, I hadn't seen a smallmouth that big in a while. It definitely was, it was big. It wasn't a little one at all. No, and I finally did catch a glimpse of it. I I think it could have been the the smallest it was for sure was 19. The biggest, I mean, I I don't think it was over 21, but I mean, if if I broke off a of 21 or 19 whatever, I mean, it still was a huge fish. I was very distraught about it, but you know, I stood around and waited on it to come back up. I was going to try to net it so I could get my spinner rate back and see how big it was because it kept coming up, but it was like always just far enough away from the boat where we couldn't get uh, the net under it. But yeah, that was, uh, and then, you know, I tied back on and two casts later smoked a 17 and a half. So I was like, whoa, whoa, man, we're on a... And then from then on, we basically just threw spinnerbaits the whole time. Chris went back to a bottom bait later on. Um, but yeah, and then Chris, uh, I'll let him tell you about his 
his nice fish. I just I caught a nice fish. It was a, <laughs> it was a, no, it was in a cool spot. It was at the very top of the. Give win- our listeners some juice, dude. Do you want some juice? It was at the very top of the wintering spot. But like, I think the biggest problem today is that the river is so low that there's really no current for these fish to escape. So I think that they're per- pretty spread out still. Like I don't. I think when the water gets, you know, up into 1,500, 2,000, you know, or higher on this river, it kind of forces them to look for places where they can rest. But there's really so low flow right now that I'm not sure that they're all stacked in these wintering spots right now. And anyways, the spot where I found this fish was, uh, you know, I was using a spinnerbait. It was at the top of the wintering spot. There's just a big isolated boulder about right in the middle, little bit of flow going around it. And he just came off that boulder, probably moved 10 feet off the boulder, smashed my spinner bait. And uh, yeah, it was a really pretty fish, super healthy. It was awesome, great. Made the trip worth it for sure for me, so. Yeah, it was a pretty fish too. Um, water temps today were still hovering above 50 it was like 52 Uh, as you got closer to the dam it would be more like you know 53 54 um those will not stay like that for much longer uh with this weather i would imagine by the end of the week we'll probably sub 40 temperatures if it continues to be like this at night so i you know that's i still think that that spot that we have I would consider it uh, in the top three of our winter spots that we fish, like, everywhere. Um, We have one in particular as a nickname that you guys will never know where it is. Uh, And then this one is, like, right, you know, on that same level, really. Um, But it's a unique spot. It's kind of a long, slow area, but there's one particular spot kind of the people talk about spot within a spot the spot within the spot is like when it when there's enough flow it creates this seam and eddy that's like about probably 10 feet of water when it's up and there's just like a super protected spot inside of this wintering hole and most of the fish that we've caught you'll go when it's up like this and the water temperature is really cold but those fish will all be kind of tucked up in this spot that's probably no bigger than you know what 70 feet long yeah if that if if 70 feet i mean it's not very big at all yeah and it's right on the bank too so if you can kind of get your boat positioned to where it's like somebody got in an accident there uh if you get your boat in a position where you know, you're either facing upstream with the trolling motor holding in place or anchored or whatever. Um, you can really just sit there right on that. Within casting distance, you don't have to move the boat, essentially. You can reach it no matter, you know, you don't have to, like, fish up and down it with the boat. You can kind of sit in one spot. Um, except there used to be a tree there. That To the tree that was there, I guess that's usually underwater. The tree was less impressive than I imagined out of the water. It wasn't really much there. Yeah, that's, I guess I didn't... The whole spot, I think, is... <laughs> there's so much... It, it was so low that 
like the spot that you're actually fishing the substrate wasn't even that good because normally the stuff that was up on the bank is the substrate you're fishing so i don't know it it, it was just so low that you know part of me is kind of glad that we didn't get to go to our second spot because i don't know you know yeah I, I, yeah I don't know I think that we'll be I think we'll have more success you know waiting a little bit longer getting that flow up a little bit and you know we can spend a whole day up there so yeah I agree um yeah you know it's just uh uh this this kind of time of year can be good I thought we had timed it right but I underestimated the the flows being as low as they were pretty good all in all though i'm pretty happy with how it turned out i mean we we fished one spot we caught probably 16 to 18 fish we had two really good swings and your that 17 and a half was a really you know they're not all created equal but that 17 and a half was pretty big so. yeah it was, a, it was a big head yeah <laughs> it was a it was one of those big head fish. It had the head of a 18 or 19. The body was still growing into its head. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I had fun as well. Like, it was a good time. Um, wish we could have fished a little bit longer, but it's a little bittersweet because the cold, <laughs> cold yeah. sucked. Um, you know, and that's another thing. If you go out this time of year, you know dress smart if you're in a kayak either have a dry suit or have uh, a way to get to the bank and change clothes and create a fire or make a fire or whatever like don't just go out like an idiot and even in a jet boat you know <laughs> dude you could uh you fall in or whatever you get in a bad situation fast like it was that cold today um, so make sure you, you wear a proper attire. Um, I mean, Chris forgot his, but generally speaking, we even wear our waders, so chest waders, on the jet boat just because, like, there was... I got in the water two or three times. One of them was to clear the jet motor. One of them was to push us off. Like, you know, it, it's nice to be able to get in and out of the water without, you know, getting your feet wet. If you get your feet wet and it's this cold, dude, you're done done for the day um so uh and bring a heater you know that's a good idea change of clothes dry bag yeah change of clothes dry bag um but yeah you know it was a good time fisher definitely in winter mode uh but it's it's a weird thing it's you know 30 degree air temp low water the water temp was in the 50s it was just a kind of a bizarre mix of variables I, and i would suspect that the water temp thing is going to resolve itself within the next week and then the who knows when we'll get some rain dude i mean i think we need to do a rain dance i think if every <laughs> i might do it um i think all things taken you know equally i do think that the current had the biggest impact i think the amount of flow going through that river is just it's a trickle right now so i mean if we would have if i had landed that big one if you get let's call it a 20 you know an almost 19 and a 17 and a half like that's a pretty good day it was just that one 
super top end fish for me was missing i think that kind of made it not seem quite as good as it should have yeah except i'm happy with it yeah um and we only fished for like four hours so you know wasn't like a super long day of fishing i mean i went out and caught 40 on thursday and they were all you know small guys so i'd much rather take a day where you catch two or three nice ones uh than a day where you get catch a bunch of tiny ones so um but yeah uh you know we'll continue doing uh some some of these episodes as we fish in the winter time uh i do have an uh episode that i have planned for uh be entitled 10 ways to become a better smallmouth angler and i will discuss with chris a little bit about what i'm thinking on that one uh, that'll probably be our next episode and then we gotta i'm working on it so if you if you're listening to this and you know him let me know we're trying to get the dude that caught the 10 pound smallmouth on erie on we have he has my phone number i'm waiting on a call if you know him please tell him to call us so he can come on the best central indiana based two-man smallmouth podcast in the world uh could change his life could it, i mean it could it, it could it change. might be the best thing to happen to him ever ever even <laughs> including the 10 pound bass <laughs> yeah which is crazy we're not we're not the update you on smallmouth news guys but dude 10 pound it's the fourth largest smallmouth ever caught ever in the world that's pretty crazy so if we can get that guy on you know tell a story about how he caught it and you know i think that'd be a pretty cool episode um so yeah if you know the guy i can't remember the guy's name starts with the g uh greg greg something uh, uh it's greg i can't Garrett white <laughs> you're way off samsonite that was way off Gerald <laughs> Jarrett Gerald Jarrett it's Greg something uh, but yeah we're, we're hoping to get him on we can tell we really did our research here yeah. uh, we're going to get him on and uh, hopefully but we have some cool stuff we're, if you guys have any guests that you'd like to see us have on that you can refer to us please let us know in the comments um and yeah that's about all we have anything you got chris before we head out no (laughs) (laughs) no no all right you guys listening appreciate you all right until next time free the fighter free the fighter